Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to the book of Acts today. The book of Acts chapter number three. We started this on the last podcast. If you've not already listened to episode number 266, I would do that because it lays the groundwork for what we're going to talk about today. We started studying about this lame man that uh, Peter and John saw when they went up to the temple hour, uh, temple at the hour of prayer. And there's this lame man from his mother's womb who they laid at the, t- the gate, uh, the Corinthian gate or the gate beautiful every day. And he would beg alms. And we started talking about that on the last podcast. How many people had gotten saved uh, because of a result of this miracle? And the three truths that we're going to give you in this passage, the first one's what we're talking about now, the miracle that confronted them. In Acts chapter 4, there was thousands of people that got saved. I don't know how many. It said 5,000 men. Could have been as many as 20,000 that got saved. And the reason was there was a miracle that confronted them. This miracle in Acts 3 shook the community to its core. This man had been crippled from his birth. This man had been laid at the gate by friends. He had nothing to offer. He was outside the gate. Here's a man, and this is what we ended with on the last podcast. Here's a man living an ugly life at the feet of a beautiful gate. He cannot enter. He's on the wrong side of a beautiful life. And here is what happens. Peter and John come, and they see him. And this lame man says, alms. And Peter and John didn't have any money. They didn't have any money, I guess, because they was preachers. <laughs> hey, that's what somebody said. I, just, I don't believe that. But, you know, it's like the preacher that went to cash his check, and the banker said, I hate to give you these dirty old bills. And the preacher said, that's all right. Even germs, even germs can't live on my salary. <laughs> and, you know, most churches think a preacher can live on fresh air and fried rabbit tracks. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, let me give you one more. Heard about some deacons who met to pray for their new pastor. One of them was overheard saying, Lord, we'll keep him poor and you keep him humble. Amen. But Peter and John didn't have no money. They didn't have any money. And here's what Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? I have none. But he said, I got something better. Such as I have, give I thee. Now we're talking about this miracle. This miracle. You know why some people don't have miracles? in their life it's because too many of god's children magnify what they don't have instead of using what they do have he said silver and gold have i none but such as i have give i thee he said i'm not going to magnify what i don't have to give you i'm going to magnify what i do have to give you a lot of people don't win souls or even attempt to win souls because they're afraid they don't have what it takes What do you have? You have a testimony. You have a changed life. You have the Spirit of God in you. You have the Word of God that you can read and study. And too many of God's people magnify what they don't have instead of using what they do have. 
Now, in the next chapter, chapter 4, verse 22, it tells us that he had been this way for 40 years. 40 years. A man who had never walked, not one step had he taken. 40-year-old man who had never walked. And now he's leaping and dancing and praising God. And now he enters into the beautiful gate. He enters into the temple of God. He enters in with the people of God, loving God, serving God, praising God with the people. My friend, that's a miracle. Every Sunday, you know something I love is looking over my congregation and seeing the miracles, seeing the ones that used to be drug addicts and now they're saved and in the church, seeing the ones that used to be drunkards and now they're saved and in the church. Seeing the ones that used to be controlled by uh, Satanism, and now they're saved and in the church. That, my friend, is a miracle. Well, Brother Jeremy, do we have to perform miracles like this to build a church? That is not what I'm teaching you at all. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12 tells us that, that these were the works, the miracles uh, of the apostles. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. We know Acts was a traditional book. But God had given these apostles special power. You can read in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, where the, apostles, uh, the apostle Paul is arguing his uh, apostolic authority. And he says, truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. See, what God did, God gave the apostles. And by the way, there are no apostles today, not one. I hate to burst anybody's bubble, but there are no apostles. God gave the apostles certain power to authenticate the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with those special miracles, he uh, used the apostles to give authenticity to the message of Jesus, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you find this miracle that confronted these folk. Now, what's the significance of this miracle? Now, in, in the Word of God, when you study the Word of God, there's always a primary application. And then there's always a, or there's some practical application. There's a strict interpretation. What is the primary meaning of this text? And then how can I use this? practically to apply and, and and most of the time i'll give the interpretation first and the application second but not on this 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 interpretation is too powerful now the practical application is this if you get the hardest case saved in your community it will turn your community upside down i remember years ago when i took my first church uh, my first church was in lexington north carolina and God did a great work there. I praise Him for all that He did. We saw hundreds uh, saved. Uh, the church grew from about 55 when I first took the church. The last year I was there, we averaged about 475. And uh, I think over that 15 years uh, with the, the church and also the meetings I preached, somewhere around 3,000 people were saved uh, in the ministry in, that, in those 15 years of ministry. To God be the glory. And uh, I remember when I took that church, I was only 22 years of age. And I remember <clears throat> a preacher friend of mine who's now uh, the pastor down uh, at Prayer Baptist Church in Benson, North Carolina. He was my song leader. I, I, I ordained him as a deacon. 
uh, later ordained him as a preacher, and he went out to Idaho and started a church that's doing great right now. Brother Kim Harris. And Brother Kim was faithful to soul win. He loved knocking on doors. He loved passing out tracks. He still does. He's a great soul winner. And uh, Brother Kim, we was at soul winning one day, and I had heard preachers say that if you get the meanest man in the community saved, it'll turn the community upside down. And so I looked at Brother Kim, and uh, Brother Jim Hill was there. Brother Jonathan Ash was there. There's just a handful of us going out knocking on doors. And I looked at him and I said, boys, who's the meanest man in this community? I'd been at the church maybe six months. I said, who's the meanest man in Silver Valley, North Carolina? And uh, they said, oh, that's easy. One of them said, that's easy. That's Johnny Small. I said, who's Johnny Small? They said, he lives up off old 64 trailer up there. But preacher, you do not want to go see Johnny Small. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to go see him. Tell me where he lives. Well, this was on a Thursday evening. We did uh, soul winning on Thursday evenings and Saturday mornings. And I uh, I said, all right, my wife and I are going to go see Johnny Small. And Brother Kim, I remember, preacher, I, I don't know if I'd do that. I said, I'm going to go see him. And here I am, 22 years of age. Rebecca was 20. And uh, here we headed out. It was about two and a half, three miles from the church. And uh, I remember going up there that night. It was about 7.20, I guess, when we got there. And they had told me, he said, Johnny's mean. He he drinks. He he he's he's something. Uh, he's been in fights. He's been stabbed. There's been all kind of rumors about things he's done. And preacher, don't go up there. Well, dumb as a box of rocks, and zeal for the Lord. And and I said, I'm going to go up there and talk to him. Well, we did. We knocked on that little trailer, and I saw him uh, in there sitting on the couch. And the door was open. It was just a screen door. And uh, the main door was open. And uh, I saw whenever I knocked on the door, he took off out the back door. And Rebecca and I were standing there on that little porch. And all of a sudden, he come around the right side of that trailer. And when he did, he just glared up at us. And uh, man, I'm telling you, make you uh, shiver a little bit. But he was drunk. And, uh, and so I uh, talked to his wife. And uh, told him we'd love to have you at church sometime. Well, I get back to church the next Sunday. I find out his sister is a member of my church. And, of course, you know, I'm just getting to know everybody. And I've kind of detoured from what I was talking about, but I'm telling you a little story right now. So I, I, I found out Miss Carolyn Small, uh, she married a small, but she was a small, but there was two different families. And uh, Miss Carolyn, that was her brother. And she told me, she said, I've been praying Ever since I got saved, she said, I've been saved 19 years. She said, I've been praying for Johnny and my other brother for 19 years to get saved. And I told her I'd went by and seen him. She thanked me. And anyway, make a long story short, I'll never forget the day he got saved. Uh, he, got, he had this thing in his mind that his dad had told him. One night we were having service, and, and uh, Brother Kim Harris came and said, Preacher. He's got this look on his face. You need to get back here. And I went back in one of the Sunday school rooms, and there was Johnny. And he was crying, and he was drunk. I mean, he was drunk. He was so drunk, he couldn't stand up. And Kim said, Brother Kim said, uh, Johnny's been out there in the graveyard. I said, what, what in the world? And Johnny said, I've been down there with my daddy. He was down there laying on his daddy's grave crying. And I began to talk to him, and I told him, I said, you know, I'll not bow down to no man. That's what he said. I'll not bow down to no man. 
I said, what are you saying that for, John? He said, my daddy told me to never bow down to a man. And I said, that's not what your daddy meant. No, he told me never to bow down, and I'll never bow down. He said, I know I need to get saved, but I'll never bow down. And he had been out there laying on his daddy's grave. Well, we let him go home. A few weeks went by, and we had a revival meeting with Brother Chris Hazlip uh, from Statesville, North Carolina, now pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church, good friend. And Brother Chris preached all week. Man, people were getting saved. God was moving. And guess who came on a Thursday night? Came on a Thursday night, sat at the very back of the church. I'll never forget it, on the right side. And uh, there was big old Johnny Small. I mean, he was a man's man. Strong, big, tough. And I'll never forget Brother Hazlett preached that night on some things you'll step over to go to hell. And I remember Johnny raising that big old hand that he was lost. But I heard it in my mind. I'll not bow down to no man. I'll not bow down to no man. But that night, he barreled out, come down that side aisle, knelt in that altar and got saved. He never missed. He loved church. He'd sit back there and raise that big old hand and uh, worship God. His sister uh, worshiped God that night when he got saved. A couple years later, I was able to lead his brother Robert to the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's what's going on in this passage. And I told that story because the practical application is if you get the hardest case saved, it'll turn the community upside down. When Johnny Small got saved and started coming to church and I baptized him, that whole Silver Valley community talked about it. Did you hear what happened down at Walters Grove Baptist Church? Johnny Small got saved. Johnny Small got baptized. Johnny Small is going to church. Johnny Small is putting his hand up in the air. That is what is going on in this passage. That is the practical application. But I want you to join me for the next podcast because we're going to get into the strict interpretation about this miracle that confronted them. And uh, I know that I detoured and told that story, but I hope that story was a blessing to you today because there's people out there that, you know, the devil would tell us they're too hard. Uh, Don't go talk to them. Not that Brother Kim Harris is the devil. He was just talking. (laughs) But, you know, the devil said, no, don't you go to that house. Don't you go down there and see that man. He He's mean. I, that man right there, he'll hurt you. That woman right there, you don't want to talk to her. Y'all, we are called upon by the Lord Jesus to go out and be salt and light. And we have the opportunity to go out today and purify and illuminate the world around us. And if you're listening to this today, why don't you plan on purpose? Tomorrow I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray and read my Bible, and I'm going to go out and make a difference in the world. This world needs a miracle. This world needs a miracle. I'm not talking about something extra biblical. I'm not talking about some show on a stage somewhere. I'm talking about the miracle of salvation. Let's go out today and be salt and light. Don't miss the next podcast. We'll go back into this first miracle of the church. Until then, God bless you.